Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallet. I'm Tyler Sitkus. I'm Matt Sturdivant. Together we host the Silver Screensavers podcast. In this corner, we have the story of a wooden boy clocking in at 105 minutes, streaming on Disney Plus and directed by Robert Zemeckis. And in the other corner, we have the story of a wooden boy clocking in at 117 minutes, streaming on Netflix, directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafsson. It's Pinocchio versus Pinocchio. Ding, 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 ding. Are you guys ready? ready. This is a very uneven fight. (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, in entertainment value, I'm not sure. I think it's pretty evenly matched. This is our first mirror movie matchup. We talk about two movies with incredibly similar narratives. And today, it is Pinocchio, right? We have a Zemeckis version. We have a Del Toro version. Quick history, guys. I'm going to talk about the book, right? The original Adventures of Pinocchio Original title, Le Aventura di Pinocchio, a book by Carlo Collodi, came out in 1883, like 150 years ago. It would go on to be the world's third most translated book. Did you guys have any idea that Pinocchio was the world's third most translated book? Because I had no idea. Remember, this is an audio medium. I mean, I didn't. I thought that... uh... I thought it would be like the Bible. So the Bible or... is number one and the Little Prince is number two. Pinocchio, number three. I, I have I never in been anywhere where someone didn't ask me about Pinocchio. Across the world, every nation, people are coming up to me and talking about Pinocchio. So I, I, I did think that. <laughs> well, it's such an iconic character. It was first translated into English in 1892 by Mary A. Murray. Became really popular in a lot of nations, including the United States. And that snowball that launched it to international fame solidified the character as an icon, aided, of course, by many film versions, right? The first was the short film in 1911. There was an unfinished Italian one in 1936. And then 1940, we have the Disney movie, which is, I would assume, many people's, most people's first exposure to the story. I know it was mine. Do you guys have any sort of relationship with that Disney animated Pinocchio, the original? That was probably one of my least like watched Disney like animation ones as a kid. I, I remember watching it, but it was not like as big as all the others seemed to be. My biggest exposure to it was the monstro level in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I I watched it a lot as a kid and it scared the crap out of me. I don't like I don't know why the part where they go to Pleasure Island and they turn into donkeys for like I think they're smoking cigars in that version of the movie and like weren't they drinking too? They might have like, been drinking, drinking yeah. <laughs> and which I don't know why Pinocchio's drinking, but we we can get into that in both versions. I don't know why It's Pleasure Island. I don't know why he's consuming things. <laughs> he's he's made of wood. It, he's not like going to get drunk. Right, but it's moisture. Why is he getting wet? What are you doing, Pinocchio? Pinocchio, yeah, when he's trapped in the puppet cage, like all that stuff scared me so bad as a child, and I have no idea why. And that was not the last time I would be scared by Pinocchio. 1946, there was Pinocchio in outer space where he has an alien turtle friend. I don't know why it couldn't have just been a regular turtle, but it was an alien. 
1996, The Adventures of Pinocchio. I don't know if you guys have ever seen images from this one. You should Google it and look, and it's it's like it's terrifying. It's like halfway between animated and real. It is. It's really disgusting. I hate it. Uh, Pinocchio 3000, where he's a robot. We got a live action one a couple of years ago, and now this year, two versions. I believe Pinocchio recently became public domain, and so we have. Oh God! Yeah, it's awful. Wait. <laughs> so which one was the Roberto Benigni one? Uh, that was in, I think, like, the early 2000s. Let me look that up real quick. It was either the 90s or the early 2000s. I've never seen... It's 2002. A.K.A. the best Pinocchio adaptation. Have you seen that one? No, I have not. No, I haven't either. But this year we got two. One being the Zemeckis, the latest Disney... Uh, would you even call it live action remake? Because every time they make a live action no. remake, I feel like they call it that and then they go, oh, these things don't actually exist on Earth, so we have to just animate everything. Like the Lion King, it's I, like I, it's animated. I think Tom Hanks was the only live action thing in the movie. And I can't even be certain about that, but we'll get to that in a minute. The other, of course, being a stop-motion reimagining in fascist Italy brought to us by Guillermo del Toro, something apparently he'd been imagining most of his career and has finally been able to realize. Guys, let's start with the Zemeckis one. So Robert Zemeckis, I just, we'll, we'll talk about him further on some other day, I hope. Early in his career, made... Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, What Lies Beneath, Castaway. Had Castaway and What Lies Beneath in the same year, Contact, Death Becomes Her, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? You're like, oh my lord, who is this filmmaker? Who is this man? And then he's making Christmas Carol, he's making Beowulf, Welcome to Marwin, and now this, and you're like, Bob, what's going on? You're like, I don't... You were my favorite, and like, what what is happening? I don't. The twenty first century did something to you, and I don't know what it is. Are you okay, Bob? <laughs> yeah, I, I really just I don't know. I'm I'm so puzzled by it. But he directed this. He wrote it with Chris White's. Uh, Matt, what are your general thoughts on the? We're gonna we'll call it the Zemeckis live action Pinocchio. It it was okay, I guess. It it wasn't offensive to me. I was expecting to like it less than I ended up liking it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it just felt very mid. Um, I will admit some of the voice cast was a bit insufferable, especially Pinocchio himself. Mm, I agree. Uh, I wasn't as bothered by the JGL Jiminy voices. I'm sure you guys were. Ugh. Um, but it was it was fine. It was. I guess marginally better than expected, so I'll give it that. But not a lot to write home about for me. Tyler, how about you? This movie was all over the place. It was so terrible, so terribly paced. The acting was atrocious. Tom Hanks forgot he was supposed to be Italian halfway through this movie and just dropped his accent. Not that he was even a character. He was just kind of in it for like 10 minutes altogether. It just, Pinocchio was awful, like you said, Matt. I hated his voice. I, I could not stand any time he was talking. Father! 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 Ugh, father! 
JGL's Jiminy Cricket voice was, oh my god, like ears, like my ears were bleeding listening <laughs> to it. I, if I didn't know beforehand it was him, I would have never known, and I would have been like, that guy should never work as an actor again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, the, the script is horrible. You have characters that show up for, like, ten minutes and then never show up again. The, it's all over the place. There's no, like, through line other than just Pinocchio just keeps ending up in places. Whoops. It forgets the entire meaning of Pinocchio, which Disney has already made a movie of this. And, like, had did you not at least watch that before you made this? I'll bring this up when we get into spoilers. Not that you can spoil yeah, spoilers. this movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just, oh my god, I could not believe how, it, it, like, awful it was. It, it's laughably bad at points. Uh, not one good performance in this just just a slog of a movie though just because like you're like this cannot get worse and it keeps getting worse i hated it i did not hate it i found it very entertaining but only because it's so it's so silly and ridiculous the internal logic of the story doesn't make any sense at all the script is one scene of nonsense after the next i mean it's i find this odd the song when you wish upon a star is from pinocchio which is like Disney's main song. You hear those opening notes whenever you see the production logo at the beginning of all their movies. Disney is all about realizing fantastic dreams, right? When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. There are some cool visuals in this movie. It's not magical. It, it, no, like, it, there's not. It, oh, I like the clocks. Clocks are fun. They were like, "Oh, there's Snow White. Oh, there's oh, Roger yeah, Rabbit. Oh, look at look at all our IPs that we've made. <laughs> look at all this. Also, you know the well, we'll get into it. It's but it's it's not in the spirit of the song, which kind of like wraps the whole idea of this story. It's like you can't get swept up in this movie. I don't hate it, but it's very bad." And like you guys said, let's start by talking about Pinocchio himself, voiced by Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. That, like, it was it was really bad, and it was not aided by the fact that this Pinocchio does not have a distinct personality. He's just kind of, like, running around. And I understand that the Pinocchio character is a little bit of a blank slate, and he's kind of, like, struggling to find himself in the world. But this was just, he was just, like, running around. Oh, oh, oh. And it's just annoying. The problem is, which can we just put a spoiler tag here in case I spoil? Listen, yes, spoilers, but it's Pinocchio. There's no spoilers. Yeah, there's no spoilers. You can't spoil it. Spoiler: Don't watch this rendition of this movie. There you go. That's your spoiler. Um, But so the whole point of Pinocchio is he's this blank slate who like doesn't know right from wrong, so he needs the cricket as his conscience to tell him but this is the most squeaky clean pinocchio you've ever seen he already knows right from wrong the the whole movie he doesn't need first of all jiminy crickets doesn't even do anything this whole movie he's away from pinocchio 99 percent of the movie and he just knows not to do things like he's like oh that's bad my father wouldn't want me to do that what that's the whole point of the character he doesn't know right from wrong he's supposed to be blank slate if he already knows, what's the point of the cricket? <laughs> I'm glad you said that because it leads me into a couple of points. So Pinocchio's creation in this movie is because Geppetto wishes on a star 
Let's talk about Geppetto for a second, the setup here. So played by Tom Hanks. Did I have fun watching Tom Hanks do this? Yes. He's using old man, semi-cartoonish Italian voice. Yes, Pinocchio. Yes, hey. Like, I was like... For about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You're on stream. Yeah, it was, it was not great. But so he's lost the son. We don't really get much about it, but it seems that he has lost the son. He has that sweet little song in the beginning. He hasn't stepped foot outside his shop. Why does he have a shop where no one can buy anything? And he makes a wish one night. Because his wife liked clocks. Then bring them to your wife's grave, Geppetto. I, that was a question I had. What happened to Geppetto's wife? But she, he wishes on a star. The light from the blue fairy bounces off the picture of his dead son and goes into the wooden boy. Wouldn't that mean, would the son's consciousness go into Pinocchio or were they just being cute? Or am I putting more thought, I thought into that's it? What, no, I thought that's what was supposed to happen and I was confused. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like his son as Pinocchio. I, truth be told, I remember very little about this movie. So I don't even they, remember that, that I, scene. I feel the same. This this movie was so forgettable. I remember a lot. Wildly forgettable. And I saw it two days ago. <laughs> here's my... I watched it two days here's ago. Here's my big problem. The issue... Right, Pinocchio's a wooden boy. And his quest is he wants to be a real boy. I want to be a real boy! And so, what is a real boy? Okay, well, the Blue Fairy answers that in the first ten minutes of the movie. She says, a real boy is brave truthful and unselfish and then later pinocchio learns it's not what you're made of it's what's in your heart then why isn't he real why does he have to be real if he, if it's what's in his heart he has a good heart why does he have to be made of flesh it doesn't make any sense at all also he already knows how to be good he can't even hold a conversation in the first two seconds that he's alive he just repeats <laughs> everything he hears yeah, this movie's pacing is atrocious. It's like, he's like, and he loved him. And then the next day, he's like, you gotta go to school. Get out of here. Go to school. <laughs> but, no. So, this movie's cast of characters are nonsense. Like, I know they're basing it off the original story, but, like, a handsome John? Honest John. Honest John. Honest John. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is the the like what animals can talk and what can't in this universe That's good. i was wondering that too actually <laughs> i don't really they could have done what they want but like you said it's not consistent i have a question about pinocchio's nose the nose is brought up like one time in this movie it's like his yeah. most distinct trait <laughs> and it's like one time for convenience it does beg the question is pinocchio's nose infinite if Pinocchio just kept lying and lying and lying and lying and lying and lying, would his nose shoot past the ozone layer and reach Jupiter? Could deforestation be ended by Pinocchio lying and chopping <laughs> off his nose? It's a question. Well, what I randomly want to throw in here is that this movie only uses that to be like, lying is sometimes effective. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They get the key from that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only time. Sometimes it's good to lie, kids. <laughs> Thanks, Pinocchio. That's the whole point of Pinocchio, all right? It's okay to lie if it gets you out of a situation that you don't want to <laughs> exactly. be in. 
<laughs> well, again, led there by Jiminy Cricket, who, as we mentioned, the voice by Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just awful. He's just has this annoying meta commentary jokes. He's like talking to himself as I'm the narrator. Oh my God. Stop! I, like I don't. It, it's unnecessary. <laughs> oh, they, the humor in this movie was awful, horrible. <laughs> there was one joke that was really funny. When Honest John is trying to come up with a stage name for him, and he goes, oh, Chris, Chris Pine. No, yeah. it'll never work. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But, and speaking of the naming, the whole naming thing, when he's like, your name of Pine. Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio. I'm like, what? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. I, also, later on in the movie, when Pinocchio is trying to find Geppetto, when Geppetto's at sea... They're having the talk with the, the the girl and the puppet and all that stuff. And then after they're done, Jiminy goes, oh, yeah, I forgot. Sophia the Seagull told me where Geppetto was going. You forgot? What else <laughs> were you doing, Jiminy? Right. There's like five people yeah. in this whole movie and you forgot about one of them? He was focusing on doing that awful voice. He has to keep that. <laughs> Ridiculous. I I do want to say that I'm glad this is a world that is where, like, talking foxes are normal, but, like, a talking wooden puppet is, like, revolutionary. Oh, yeah. This is true. How would Geppetto... Did Geppetto not, like, check with the school before sending his puppet off to, like, see if it would be okay if he went? The puppet who's never, like, seen the outside. He's like, he'll he'll find his way to school. It's fine. Yes, yes, absolutely. I and then so when Pinocchio gets to school, again it's he can turn his head three hundred sixty degrees. He's running through the street. Nobody cares. But then the teacher drop kicks him out of the school, and he goes, <laughs> "School is only for real boys and girls." Did the school board get together before the year started and go, "All right, so we're all agreed it's only for real boys and girls." In the event that a wooden boy shows up, we don't let him in, right? Yeah, okay. All, all in favor, say aye, aye. All right, it's unanimous. Like it's it's so uh, dumb. Also, like they never they never like fix that line, so like it's just like school's bad. Like, that's it. That's what you're left with. Yeah. This movie's messaging is I'm really, really on top of things. School, tell lies. School is bad. Different people don't belong in schools. This has been sponsored by the Disney Corporation. Yeah, that's true. I did like Cynthia Erivo as the blue fairy. I did like her shimmering blue dress. Uh, I thought her three minutes. I spent. thought that looked kind of cool, and then there she's just out, and and that's it. The pu- I I did think Keegan Michael Key as Honest John was probably like the voice and acting highlight of the movie. I liked I him agree. quite a bit. Uh, fair. Uh, and and then he was gone. I did not at all understand this Fabiana character, the girl who works for Stromboli with the traveling circus. I don't know what her purpose was. I don't know why she had a split personality with her marionette. I don't like, I, I just didn't get any of that. Let's talk about Pleasure Island. I have some questions. Uh, <laughs> who's running Pleasure Island? Who? It's, it seems to be that one guy who performs every single job. Yes. He drove the kids. Uh, all right. Now I'll get to that in a minute. I, 
I have a lot of questions about it. First of all, I like that Disney's best thing they could come up with for, like, what bad kids do is drink root beer and smash clocks. Yeah. <laughs> That's what all the kids want to do. We all just want to smash clocks. But because of our conscience, we're not smashing all the clocks. Listen, all the kids are listening to Eagle Eye Cherry. They want time to stop. <laughs> Fight the break of dawn. (laughs) (laughs) So this had to be the grand opening of Pleasure Island because within three hours when a parent goes, hey, where's my kid? Oh, they're at this cryptic amusement park where they're being turned into donkeys. That place is shut down. It's down. So this had to be the grand opening. (laughs) So, yes. So you get, I'm assuming the root beer turned him into the, was that the yes, implication? the worst CGI root beer. Because he drank some. Ever yeah. been. It takes like one sip and like the whole, the whole <laughs> mug is guzzled. But you got these vapor, first of all, why doesn't he just turn kids in land? Why does he have an island that he brings kids to, to do this? <laughs> Otherwise they wouldn't drink root beer. <laughs> and second of all. Why why does Pinocchio know what a vapor monster is? <laughs> I see like the vapor monsters turned kids into donkeys and Geppetto's like, Whoa, in a day? I <laughs> not like what the hell does God, that I, mean? I hated that part when he's like reciting the whole yeah. script from the last hour. <laughs> and he's like just for that stupid one liner, oh you did all that in one day? Shut up. <laughs> and then funny. I love when when he when he's like, you did all that in one day, and it cuts, and they're like six miles apart. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hearing each other. So I actually have one nitpick about the Del Toro movie, about something like that when we get to it. But on Pleasure Island, the turning into donkeys, why is there a shortage of donkeys in the salt mines? And why don't the vapor monsters just work in the salt mines? They're stronger than the donkeys, as evidenced by their wrangling of them. Why do you need these middlemen donkeys? I don't get that business model. The whole purpose was just for the line, do I look like a jackass? Yeah, it was. That was the entire point of that scene, just to include that line. And someone was like patting themselves on the back for that clever pun. Did you guys see the kid that was running on top of the moving Ferris wheel? <laughs> I did, yes. I, and then kids pushing over like a grand piano, like it weighed 15 pounds. I, I just, it's, it was so bad. I did, This was the one part of the movie where I was kind of getting the theme when he's like disturbed by all the kids acting terribly, it is the moment where you grow up and you go out into the wider world and you realize, oh man, people just really act terribly, and some things are really terrible. I'm giving, I'm gonna give the movie a little credit for that. What I'm not gonna give it, credit but what for, shouldn't what? I was gonna say, shouldn't the point of that scene be like Pinocchio being tempted, which he never is? He just shows how morally upstanding he is. From the beginning, defeating the whole purpose of that existence. Yeah, that's fair. I th- no, this is not a well scripted movie in any way, especially the Italianness of the film. Pinocchio is an Italian story. The people and animals are from all over, all over. So Geppetto is Italian, and then when he walks, so Sheila, a team who has been one of my favorite 
actresses that I, I am new to in the last couple of years, but she's been great. She's in this for three seconds, and she's Italian. She's like, oh, Geppetto, come stai? Like, whatever. And then everybody else is not. There's a kid from Brooklyn. There's somebody from France. There's a guy from Maine. Like, I, like what is going on? The animals are not Italian. Pinocchio, the son of Geppetto, is not Italian. Jiminy's not Jiminy, I guess, because Jiminy seems like he's traveled all over. But like, why? Why are we doing this semi-Italian thing? So, so what was Jiminy it's... then? What what was his accent? Just <laughs> out, outer space. It was not of this planet. <laughs> it's a it's a cricket. It's a little cricket. <laughs> Pinocchio. It was like Mickey Mouse swallowed one of those annoying children's toys. That's what the accent was. <laughs> It's funny because, like, the first 15 minutes of this are very Italian, and then it's just not. So it's like they started with, like, the thing, like, we need to make this Italian, and then they just completely forgot that that's what they were going with. Yeah, I, like, come on. Just total, total, come on. Stick with it. Like, you literally get the most Italian performance imaginable, and the guy goes to buy the clock, and he's like, why won't you sell me a clock? (laughs) Like... And then even even Hanks gives up on it. Also, <laughs> like... oh, at the very end, when he goes, "Oh, Pinocchio, when I first made you, I I might have made you think that I wanted somebody else. He did want somebody else. He wanted his dead son, and now he's basically admitting, I don't really care about my son anymore. I just <laughs> want Pinocchio, Pinocchio." Pine Oak? Pinocchio, you're better than my stupid dead son. Yeah. Also, I love his lyric, Pinocchio, Pinocchio, holy smokio. Like, what, what, what are you guys doing? That took him hours to come up with in the race. Uh, and then it takes Geppetto like nine years to get to the school. It's like beyond night. Well, it's probably because he hasn't stepped foot outside, and also because he has to take his cat and goldfish with him to look for a wooden boy for some reason. If he said Figaro one more time in that movie, I was throwing my TV at Figaro. Listen, Figaro was the only one who knew what was what. When Pinocchio comes alive, or not even when he's alive, when Geppetto is like dangling his dead son's replacement in front of figaro figaro's like i don't i don't know what's going on here man geppetto you gotta chill out i'm not at all comfortable with this i'm I'm a terribly cgi'd cat leave me out of this are you guys ready to move on to the other pinocchio we are the good pinocchio yeah so this is a stop motion version directed by two directors guillermo del toro and Mark Gustafson, Del Toro wrote it with Patrick McHale, did the story with Matthew Robbins. Matt, what did you think of this version of Pinocchio? I would say it was significantly better than the Zemeckis one. Not even not even a fair competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was afraid that I, I was going to be a little biased because I was all in on this one since it was announced. But truly, truly, just, just much better. The animation was better. The story was better. The voice acting was better. I just, I, 
this per this movie was near perfect to me. I, I it's one of my favorites of the year. I don't know where it's gonna rank, but it's up there. Hmm. Interesting, Tyler. What about you? Yeah, I really liked this one. I thought it had really beautiful animation style. I thought the voice acting was phenomenal. Um, I just thought that it took it took some of the same beats that the other Pinocchio had, you know, some of the parts of the old story, and it made it much more exciting. Um, the set pieces were much cooler, much better. I thought it was really interesting how they integrated it into fascist Italy. I thought that turned weird. It was cool how they made it dark, but still hopeful, almost, I guess is the word. Um, and I just thought it was a much more humorous take. Like, I was shocked at how better the humor was in this than it was in the Disney one, when Disney's straight up going for, like, a comedic, like, thing. And that's not the vibe of this one. I think it worked a lot better. I thought Ewan McGregor was good as comic relief for Sebastian J. Cricket. I just really like this one. I, I love the fact that we're in agreement here that the Pinocchio that in that takes place in fascist Italy was funnier than the Pinocchio. It's funnier. Yes. Well, it has the very distinctly comedic fascist scene, which we'll get to later. I really like this movie too. It's really funny, like you said. It finds a way through all the absurdity of the story to be very emotional. I found myself tearing up like mm -hmm. multiple times throughout this. Mm -hmm. This movie is so plain about death and tragedy in a way that many are not, but like not not despairing. It's just kind of like peaceful about things ending after long periods, gets into the difficulty and rewards of father-son relationships. And most of all, just like the random sequences of life, our lives are often a movement toward what we want and what we think is right. And then things just happen along the way. But, you know, you can find grace and beauty. Animation is really stunning. The voice acting really made this for me. I didn't love this all the way through. I wouldn't say this. This is not even my favorite animated movie of the year. I'm not enthralled with it like I expected to be. But it was still really great. I, I don't quite understand the like certainty that some people have that this is going to be a Best Picture nominee. I didn't really get that impression when I watched this. But I, I still did think it was really great. I'm almost like annoyed that it was so hyped because it now it seems like I don't like it as much as I do. Um, but but I do. It, it was really excellent. Gregory Mann, who voices Pinocchio, I, I thought he was the tops. I thought he was so funny. He was he was so he had that like child optimism and also like the child brattiness. I thought he was excellent. I, I was uh I was quite impressed. A am I the only one? No, I think he was really good and when you compare it to I forget who did the one in the other Pinocchio, but it could not be farther apart in quality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just it really stuck out to me. He was very funny. Uh, Pinocchio is like a real kid in this one, which really made a difference. He has this this world fresh wonder, but he's also mischievous. He's subject to temptations and confusion. He has a central conflict very similar to Rebecca, which is the book by Daffy Du Maurier and the movie by Hitchcock, in which he is constantly, constantly compared to another individual. In this case, Carlo. Geppetto's uh, real boy son who he was made to replace but who he is not 
I liked his nose. It was growing more like a tree and like had different branches and leaves and pine cones eventually. And I, I also like that it was a little more complex with the father-son relationship of not only was Geppetto trying to find his son, all this, but Pinocchio was also trying to take care of his dad and make his dad proud, which, you know, children do. We don't often think of it, but children in many ways take care of their parents. So I, I thought that was very good. Geppetto, voiced by David Bradley, who I thought was really excellent. Did you guys like the... In, uh, we'll we'll say spoilers now. Um, there there are some different story elements here. I think it's a fresh enough take. Well, I'll, I'll drop the spoilers hint. Did you guys like the first ten minutes? It was a very up like backstory of Geppetto and his son. Yeah, I thought that was very effective because like it was a quick introduction, but it really made you feel like hurt by what happened. Whereas the Disney movie just kind of brushed it aside. Like, it was like, oh, he had a son, maybe, uh, maybe he died, you don't know. But this one really spent time, like, just in that first few minutes, he really felt how good the relationship was between them. And, like, you just kind of were waiting for it to happen. It was really heartbreaking. Oh, I agree. This this first ten minutes is really what gripped me for the rest of this movie. Before Pinocchio even shows up on the screen, just, just the way that they executed that really... Um... It it like it it really proved that this movie was something different. Yeah, the way they executed Carlo was just <laughs> well. I mean, yeah, was... yeah. I I really like this. I this was kind of the part of the movie that I was like, eh, I'm I like this. I'm not loving it. When Pinocchio came on the scene, that was when I got into it. Geppetto, I really like how he is. A more complete father he's frustrated with Pinocchio he ultimately has to learn how to accept him as he is instead of who he tries to turn him into you know he literally makes Pinocchio to be a replacement of a person that Pinocchio just just isn't my only question about Geppetto and just like the animation of him is like he didn't age throughout the whole movie and it's no. not a big deal and I'm not like nitpicking it or maybe I am, but like we see Geppetto in like a couple of different time periods. And I was just kind of like, oh, I don't I don't know why he seems so old, like in the beginning and then like stays the same throughout. Yeah, they that tr he plants a pine cone and it grows into a massive tree. So there had to be many years between Carlo dying and the story taking place. And he just looks the exact same. Well, I mean, they probably only had the one figure for him. I don't, do you think they're going to make... I mean, make... they could have easily just used a younger version and then just <laughs> changed it to the old one. Yeah, I, it's not a huge deal, but that was kind of like my one like, hmm, I, this seems odd. Like you guys said, the this is not Jiminy Cricket. This is Sebastian, voiced by Ewan McGregor, who I thought was great. I, I thought his voice was perfect for this. He's one of the funniest parts. I loved how he, he never got to sing his song. It was always interrupted <laughs> until the very end. And I thought it was really funny when he was pleased with himself over like the most cliche saying. Was it like, I did my best, and that's the best you can do? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> and I, I did think he had a clever like introduction in that he was living in the tree that became Pinocchio so he still feels like he has claim to Pinocchio's body 
I, that sounds kind of weird, but that's that's what it was. <laughs> um, I, I really like that one. The blue fairy in this one is like a wood sprite. She she starts out as one of those like floating eyeball creatures, right? Yeah. And then turns into this this giant blue, almost like almost sphinx like kind of creature. And I thought this was interesting. I didn't like love these characters. I like their design. I don't. They kind of like just came in and out of the story. Uh, I did really like. So the wood sprite gives Pinocchio life to please Geppetto and to make him happy. And I thought it was a a perfect portrayal of like what what being a parent and bringing a child into the world is like, right? When you make the decision to become a parent, or maybe you don't make the decision, you know, you you have these visions of what it's going to be like and what you'd like to do with the kid. And, you know, in in some way you're doing it, you know, maybe you want to build a family, you're doing it perhaps for your own happiness. And then the child has to deal with the consequences and the benefits of being out in the world, right? So, you know, parents kind of do it for themselves. And I don't mean that like they're selfish, but then you you birth a child who has to deal with the consequences of the world, right? The Pinocchio is, was made alive to please Geppetto, but then Pinocchio has to be himself and he has to get into all kinds of crap. So I, I really thought that was a cool setup. Uh, the puppet show, he's tempted by, there's no Honest John here, which I thought was kind of missing because we get Count Volpe Voiced by Christoph Waltz. I thought this was an okay character. I wasn't really that into him. Uh, Do you guys have any particular affinity for Count Volpe? I thought Christoph Waltz did good, but yeah, the character just wasn't... I don't know. He never really got that much time to shine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Spazzatura, the the monkey. Apparently voiced by Kate Blanchett. Unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Very much like a a Colin Farrell as the penguin. Like, it's cool that you did this, but like somebody else definitely could have done this with no problem. What about well, it's like a Vin Diesel as Groot type right, thing? Right. Well, she did have lines, right? She was saying puppet lines. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I still was like, okay, I don't. I feel like. Somebody else could have gotten a chance here, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna resent it. Uh, he Pinocchio travels with Count Volpe in this one, and then we get the the really lovely song, which was the first moment that made me cry when he sings "Ciao Papa." Uh, that was that really caught me. That was so sad. Um, this is my one nitpick. Do you guys remember the part where this is when pinocchio first joins the circus and he's first performing that song about i want bubble gum i love treats whatever it is geppetto sees the circus tent from like a a good mile away and he's like how does he know that song how do you hear the song first of all (laughs) and two he gets there by the time pinocchio is done with like this 45 second song (laughs) <laughs> I like he's really fast am he's, i nuts he moves like that, that like stuck out to me i'm like there's no way they made a point of like showing it way in the distance uh, unless i just misread that but th- that stood out to me uh the afterlife how did you guys feel about the the whole like afterlife aspect of this i 
honestly felt like it could have been taken out. To be honest, like it was, I like the design of it. I like I thought the rabbits were kind of funny, um, but other than that, it didn't really serve the purpose that much, in my opinion. I agree. I thought the rabbits were cool. The rabbits apparently voiced by Tim Blake Nelson. Like you said, you know, the the setup is that Pinocchio, when he dies, the first time he dies, he gets hit by a car. He goes to this afterlife where the sister of the wood sprite, I think the sister is just death, says that Pinocchio won't die right away. He'll get many chances at life. But every time he dies, he has to wait longer in it. It did just kind of seem like an overly convoluted way. And also just like, I don't, it, it was also just kind of the setup to have him make the final sacrifice of like, oh, I'll give up my life for Geppetto in the end. Which that's all it was for, which it just seems like a really drawn out way to do that. I agree. And I you said it all. I, I completely agree. I thought it was cool, but it was like, eh. And then Death says that the one thing that makes life special is its brevity, which is an argument I've heard many times. And I'm like, is that really the only thing that makes life special? I like. I don't know if I always buy that. Like, does brevity make life special? Does it remind you that you should enjoy your life? Yes, but like, is a cookie not gonna taste good if you're immortal? No, listen to If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell, and you'll you'll turn your thinking around. So I, I thought of you when I heard this. I remember you telling me about that song years ago, Tyler, and so I thought of you when I heard this. I, I don't know. That it didn't rub me the wrong way, but I, I just I don't always agree with that argument. The visuals, really astounding. I love that time-lapse sequence in the beginning where it's, it's showing like the tree growing and Geppetto grieving. Pinocchio smashing the bottles when he first wakes up. Something about that like really caught my eye. The ghosts in the trees, even even the woodworking. Did you guys have a favorite kind of visual element of the film? Uh, yeah, when he when he broke the clock, I was like, yeah, that's what we love to do. We love to break clocks. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I actually. I actually like the um like the war game scene. I thought that was pretty well done. Like just to kind of see that in a Pinocchio movie really threw me off, but I thought I liked how it was done. I'm going to come to that right now cuz we're going to talk about the historical context. A little addition here, of course, in the original book, this is written 50 years before uh, the time period that this movie is set in. I liked it a lot because there's this big question throughout the whole movie of who should Pinocchio listen to, right? He's told to obey in his first few moments of life, but then you, it's this question of, well, who who should you be obeying, right? Obeying is good sometimes. You should obey your parents in many instances. They know what's best for you when you don't, but certain people will lead you down a bad path, and sometimes it's the right thing to listen to somebody, but through nobody's fault, it ends up bad. I, it added a lot of moral complexity that I was impressed with. This is not a movie of like strong moralizing. Um, it just kind of like wades in the real messiness of life. So I appreciated it for that. I really like the scene where Candlewick get. Do you guys know who Candlewick, the the son of the Podesta, was voiced by? Finn Wolfhard. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I just, I'm just curious at what point he will stop being children. Like, <laughs> never. That's his role now. And like, if he's getting worse, like, I'm not criticizing him at all, but I'm like, oh man, this is going on like a long time. I don't know how old he is. He might not actually be as old as I think he is, but he's like 36 now, I believe. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like he was a kid. He's he's a 12 year old. Let's find out right now. No, he's like 20, I think. Oh, he's only 19 years old. Never mind. I'm gonna shut my mouth. All right, never mind. I take that back. He's only 19. We got we got 30 year olds playing high schoolers. It's all good. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland, definitely. So I, I really like the scene where Pinocchio and him are in bed and they're talking about like, oh, you're a coward if you don't like war and all this kind of stuff. And you can tell that they, they're like sensitive boys underneath, but they just want to impress their fathers. And it's just like, oh, man, this is so sad. This is just like these boys getting indoctrinated to be macho, to be to be really violent, to, to prove their worth. And. That set us up for the war game scene, which was the other scene that like almost had me in tears because I saw them turn from friendly young lads into these killing machines. And I was like, just please stop. Please stop doing this to the boys. And I, I got very emotional to the, during this. And Tyler, you were right. It was very, it was very visually appealing, you know, especially like with the yellow and the red paint like splattering on the kids this is like oh god this is disgusting um i really like that scene or i don't know if i liked it because it was sad but there's one scene that tops it though i as ridiculous as ridiculous as the zemeckis movie is it did not have a scene where pinocchio sings about farting and pooping to benito <laughs> mussolini that's what well, just give me your reactions to watching that I, I didn't i i had no words when i first watched it your words should have been poop because that's what the kids were chanting in the I was, audience i was chanting poop <laughs> along with them i was like poop 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 and then mussolini had to ruin so it so this is going to bring me and i'll go back to that in a second this is going to bring me to the italianness of this film because i think it suffers from the same issue that the Zemeckis one does. Geppetto's <laughs> yes, G- not even Italian. They didn't even try to make Geppetto <laughs> Italian in this. And then again, some people in the street, ah, come stai, Geppetto. And then other times it's like other people are not Italian. And again, like it, the Podesta is like kind of Italian. I, like, what is this? Of course, Mussolini is Italian. It, I don't know. I, the consistency was just odd. But the the poop song was, I just, I was curious about Pinocchio's writing process with that one. Did he sit down pen and paper and he was just like, ah, what rhymes with fart? Ah, oh, I got it. I'll just say poop over and over and then they'll love it. Because he... Yeah, he says caca too, so he's he's throwing in some clever writing in there. Yeah, he's like, oh, what 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 could, what could I say? He's he's like four days old at that point, though. Well, I guess a little longer than that because he was in the boot camp or whatever. But yeah, I just he he was a quick songwriter, and I was impressed by that. Uh, Mussolini, voice none other by SpongeBob SquarePants, Tom Kenny. I was shocked. When I learned that, I mean, he only gets like two lines uh, and he plays it pretty subdued, but yeah, that was, 
That was, can you imagine if the Oscars honor a movie where a wooden boy sings about farting to the fascist to Mussolini? <laughs> Who Mussolini, I think, gets the two lines that are, I like puppets, and I don't like yeah. this puppet. <laughs> and then he orders Pinocchio shot. The sea creature, uh, when they get to the sea creature, I like the design of the sea creature a lot. I thought that part became really suspenseful, really adventurous. I like Pinocchio like climbing up the lengths of his own nose. That was really fun. And then the very end, I was like, like whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't seen anything like this in a movie. Would, would you guys say this movie is for children? Because I think Del Toro has been like, going on and i don't mean going on in a bad way but i think he's been spouting about how it's not just for children but i would say it's appropriate for children right yeah i i would too i think some of the humor is kind of more childlike some of like especially with like um cricket being like crushed and zapped and everything like but so like i still think it was kind of catered towards them but it definitely is for everyone not just kids. Well, I, I mentioned this because at the very end, we get the line, whatever happens, happens, and then we are gone. And I'm like, whoa. You just, like, wow. in this movie, again, where there's eat caca, where there's f- smell your farts, Mussolini, and then it's like, here's all of life. Whatever happens, happens, and then we are gone. And, like, it was just, it was very peaceful very peaceful and it's out and that's it oscar chances for this one i think it's going to win animated feature again i it's not my favorite animated movie of the year but i don't think my favorite is even going to get nominated i guess we'll see what's your favorite animal that is that is to be announced on on a special episode is it the animorphs movie is that like a real movie no oh okay (laughs) I, do you guys think that this will get nominated for Best Picture? I didn't think Best Picture. Well, I, I it depends if um if they, are they I assume they're doing ten Best Pictures again this year maybe. I think it would be foolish if they don't. I mean, it could it could possibly nab one of those. I don't think it'll win it. Yeah, it might but... be the official rule now that it's ten. Uh, I I should look I, that up, but I feel like ten's too many. I think we said this last year, but I like ten. I I don't I don't I don't know. I go back and forth because I do like a a wide range of films to be recognized, but yeah. also I don't like just having to fill in slots. Right? You know what I mean? Like, oh, we have to have a ninth and tenth film, so let's let's pick this stuff that we don't really love. Well. Y- yeah, it shouldn't have to be ten. It should be. It could be up to ten. Yeah. But like, if there's only eight, then just do eight. Don't just pick two. Like, okay, Moonfall because we. Well, need that's it. well, that's the thing. I, I agree with the recognition aspect of it, but at the same time, it's like half these movies that are getting nominated, they're they're getting nominated for recognition with no real chance of winning anything. I feel like. Yeah, that's fair. like licorice I mean... pizza. I think was one of those. Licorice Pizza year. had a chance. You think so? Yeah, yeah. 
don't yeah. think it was going to be best yeah. picture, but or, like, or like anytime PTA's got something out there and people like it, he's he's got a chance. I I would say you know if anything like Del Toro's last one, Nightmare Alley, that was like an you okay. Shut your face! You shut your face, Stop. Nightmare Alley. Slap I or, it didn't, uh, but that was never winning. <laughs> or no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say Power of the Dog, but. No, that that also had a legitimate chance, yeah. but then I think I think only Jane Campion uh, won for that. So yeah, I plus the the Academy is like it's not like it's this small group voting. It's you know thousands and thousands of members and all these ballots and all this stuff. So it's so complicated. And again, it's like the the ending of the movie. It's like people vote and then whatever happens happens. It's such a chaotic mess. And then the Green Book wins. Yeah, and then Green Book wins. Uh, and also, I don't I don't believe we've had an animated Best Picture nominee since the, the Up Toy Story 3 days. So this would be a big one, which is why I was kind of like, Del Toro is so beloved and for good reason. You know, makes awesome films, seems like a really lovely man, super insightful, and also like a super big promoter of film and other people's films. You know, just really seems great. Seems really beloved. I have to say though, I as I was watching, like I don't know if this is the one to break like the ten year streak. You know, I, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I the more I think about it, though, there there is a better animated film out there this year. Is it Marcel the Shell with shoes on? Uh, well, yes, but I was going to say Minions: The Rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not seen Minions: The Rise of Gru. That was the, uh, one of the few that I missed. Although, well, you better rise and Gru get watched. The more, the more Oscar prognostications I read and watch now, it seems as though I'm gonna have to watch Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. I, I like everyone is like, oh, this is gonna be an animated feature, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Really. Yeah. I like Puss in oh. Boots. I don't know if I want to watch Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Not that anybody's forcing me, but we'll see. Anything you guys want to add on Pinocchio versus Pinocchio? Who's the winner? Whose arm are you raising? <laughs> okay, obviously GDTs. Yeah. But I just want to ask a question. Has there ever been, you know, we had multiple now where like we have similar movies come out within months of each yeah. other. Has there ever been this large of a gap in quality? Um, hmm. Like I was thinking, like White House Down, Olymp or Olympus Has Fallen, both mediocre. Yeah. One's slightly better, but they're I both would say mediocre. Like Friends, Friends with Benefits, with benefits no strings and attached. I would both yeah, mediocre both on the same level. I don't know. We'll think of one, but I don't know. Yeah, this this might be it again. Entertainment value. I thought they were. It's pretty on par. Del Toro's still the winner, but... All right, any final thoughts? All right, so if you, the viewer, thought anything about either Pinocchio, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Shout us out at ScreensaversPod. Our Facebook is Silver Screensavers Podcast. You could write to us at SilverScreensaversPod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you could really help us out by rating, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform you use Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me over at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler? 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. And that is it. We're done for today. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sutkus, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.